This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Parapan Am Games came to a close on Sunday. Peter Parsons was paying close attention to what Canada's national goalball teams were up to in Santiago, Chile. Peter is the chair of Blind Sports Nova Scotia. Hey, good morning, Peter. Good morning, Dave. Peter, let's break this down on the men's and women's side. Brock Richardson, as part of the sports update a couple minutes ago, laid out that Canada's women's goalball team captured the gold medal over the weekend. I saw that one on CBC. I also saw a highlight posted uh, by CBC on social media after the game was over of the players crying, tackling each other, hugging each other. I know you weren't there, but I feel like even through screens and speakers... What was that vibe like? What was that vibe like watching Canada's women's team capture that gold medal? It was amazing, Dave. It was like knowing the the girls, being friends with them. Um, two two of the girls, uh, Emma and Megan, who I coached back in 2015 at the World Youth Games when they won gold medal against the U.S. in Colorado Springs. Um, so to watch them achieve that, and with veterans like Whitney Bogart and Amy Burke who uh, this could be like their last Paralympics coming up that they just qualified for it. It was such a long road for them to qualify where they came so close at world championships last year. And uh, it was, uh, you know, only, only the winner of this tournament with top teams in the world, like U S and Brazil, only the winner of this tournament was going to win. So watching the game, it reminds me of watching, uh, you know, a game seven in the playoffs, your favorite hockey team, you get nervous without two goal lead, the one goal lead and just watching it and then for them to win. And like you said, Dave, the emotion, um, seeing them, seeing the tears of joy, you know, the, the day before I remember watching them beat Brazil in the semis, which was a huge win and, and so happy for them. But at the same time, you see the Brazilian girls, um, the, the agony of defeat going yeah, on with their yeah. tears, you know, and you just feel for them. But, um, uh, with the Canadian women, it, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was it was um, you know I think it ranks right up there with like one of my favorite sporting moments to watch. Peter, it's it's the emotion like that is the reason why I watch sports. Like like it was so compelling. I think I watched that video that CBC put out like four or five times. I, I'm still getting like the tingles down my spine thinking about it right now. Yeah, I know it was great. I I uh, I had to I had to share that with uh, with my uh, blind sports group and say, yeah, watch this eight minute highlight light video to the end. Um, so so much emotion in it. Uh, I think you know it just uh, it gets you uh, it gets you fired up watching yeah. something like that. <laughs> so so you mentioned that they've now qualified for the Paris Paralympics. So what does the women's team road look like between now and next summer? So, yeah, it'll be a lot of training. Qualifying for Paralympics brings more funding into the program. It's it's huge. Um, so there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, the thing about Canada being such a big country um, to get together uh, sometimes is a bit challenging getting, getting all the team together. So I think a lot of uh, training camps and competitions 
to prepare because there's only eight teams that qualify for Paralympics, which is why it's so hard to qualify. So it's going to be a very, um, very tough competition. And of course, the goal is to be on the podium in, in Paris. And so I think they're, you know, all in for that. Switching to the men's side, the men did take home some hardware. They picked up a bronze. But what's the vibe on that that particular performance for the Canadian men's team? Well, it was nice to not come home empty-handed winning that bronze medal on Friday. But Thursday, the game against USA in the semifinals, um, the winner of that game qualified for Paris and the loser was not going to qualify. And so it was very disappointing not to qualify. That was the whole goal, right? Was to, to qualify for, for the Paralympics, uh, Paris 2024. Um, you know, the, the guys uh, rebounded nicely to, to win the bronze medal against Argentina, um, which was a, which was a good win. Um, and not easy, not easy to, to, do when you know your Paralympic dreams were just crushed and you come back the next day and and they uh, pulled it together and had a good game and come back with the with the bronze medal so for the men's team it's now a totally different Paralympic cycle what does it look like for them not so much looking forward to 2024 but 2028 yeah so for 2028 we're going to be in a, a bit of a rebuilding phase for sure um, we have a lot of good young players coming up, including a couple of that I co-chair in Nova Scotia, Harry Nickerson, who we talked about before mm-hmm. on the program. He's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, Griffin Hiltz, who's 18 years old. Harry's only 14. Um, so come 28, they could be a part of that team in LA. Um, and, uh, you know, where the U.S. will be, the U.S. will be hosting, of course, so they'll have a spot. Brazil are world champs, and um, I don't see that ending anytime soon they're pretty dominant in the game as seen in the gold medal game at in santiago when they mercy ruled the u.s in the gold medal game so you know um that's two spots there so it's it's possible that um canada could qualify in 28 like even being third in in our pan am region um because the u.s being host and brazil qualifying through being world champs potentially right that um and so it's going to be a lot of uh tournaments coming up we have the um junior world championships coming up in 2025 and again in 2027 which like i said harry who i mentioned will be a part of those teams i think that there will be a lot of, uh, you know, training camps and, and just taking a look and uh, with bringing uh, some of our younger players up. Yeah, the, the, the future, the future looks bright, but there's a lot of hard work between point A and point Z here for uh, for the national team. Peter, you've been talking a lot about the people that you're coaching and the influence you've had on folks, but you were actually an alternate uh, for the men's team. If something had gone haywire, you would have uh, sent yourself down to a Chile to fill in for somebody. What's that process like for you? How do you how do you keep yourself prepared for that call that may come on a dime? Yeah, you know, it it's uh it's a, one of those situations where you have to um keep training hard, stay in top shape um to be ready for that call if possible. You know, um we were in France back in September and there were eight of us um and we knew we'd be going down to six after that tournament for Pan Ams and you know, it's disappointing not being in that six. There's only six people on a goal ball team, so um, then it's a matter of regrouping, supporting your teammates and, um, you know, training hard, being prepared. Um, one of my 
national teammates as well as provincial teammates, Mason Smith, who's, uh, you know, 24 years old and really uh, bright, has a real bright future, a big part of, of our future of our program, along with the younger guys coming up. Um, you know, he, we're training here back on our, on our home court in Nova Scotia, helping, helping him get prepared as well. So, which keeps me very highly motivated as well to keep training hard, um, in case, uh, you know, I get the call with a couple of weeks notice or something like that, but, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, watching, uh, closely, closely and sending the guys messages, yeah. uh, being there for like in support. Yeah. Peter, only about 30 seconds on this one. Obviously the physical preparation is one thing, but what is that timeline? Like if somebody, if they called you on 48 hours notice, do you think you would have the fortitude? Uh, would you've had the fortitude to be able to do it? I don't actually think that um, it would be possible with like 48 hours notice because of a lot of the logistics, uh, the, the logistics to it. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I, we do have a mental performance coach as well that I, that I had talked to um, beforehand uh, um, and this being one of the scenarios, which, which is helpful as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that can be, uh, can be uh probably more challenging mentally than physically although i feel like you know i feel like i was ready to go well you're an experienced veteran at this there's no doubt peter thank you for this thank you dave that's peter parsons he's the chair of blind sports nova scotia that's all the time there is for the show today things kick off again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m eastern time until then i'm dave brown reminding you to play safe play fair but don't forget to have some fun Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.